0: both of my parents did grow up in Syria. They were born and raised in Aleppo. Uh, My father moved to the U.S. in the late 70s where he pursued a medical residency and fellowship by way of Baltimore and ended up in Ohio and um, got married to my mother a few years later after he traveled back to Syria and, and raised his family. Now, you know, their entire social circle for a very long time was other Syrian immigrants. I think they really struggled to meet other people in their, <coughs> in their, in their region um, and to really properly in- integrate because they felt like outsiders.
1: I'm Regina Beach, and you're listening to Saturn Returns, a podcast about life changes, events, and challenges with a clear before and after. This week you'll hear from a Syrian American musician from the Midwest who promotes intercultural dialogue and raises money for those affected by the war in Syria. Basil Al-Madani spoke from the streets of Chicago about growing up Muslim, his art, and the good work he's doing with Basil and the Supernaturals.
0: little history about the band. Uh, the group Basil and the Supernaturals formed when I moved to Chicago in 2010. I was a singer-songwriter before that and I'd put out a few productions as a solo artist and then moved to Chicago and started working with a full ensemble. Uh, We're a neo-soul and funk group and we began playing a lot inside and outside of Chicago, hitting the road pretty frequently. And I started doing a lot of advocacy and humanitarian work uh, for Syria as the Arab Spring broke out and progressed into this this war that has gone on for over seven years. So over the course of these years, too, and in addition to doing performances in clubs or festivals, we started collaborating with a lot of colleges, and art centers, churches to do strategic engagements that included some educational component related to what was happening in Syria or issues facing Arab and Muslim communities here in the U.S. And um, a lot of that led to a big showcase we did at South by Southwest last year in 2017 called Contraband Music Unites. And it featured artists that are from the diaspora of countries targeted by the immigration ban. So we represented Syria as part of that showcase and it led to a lot of national attention and just uh, different opportunities for us to connect deeper to this cause through this Type of art that we're clearly very passionate about.
1: The United Nations estimates that over 400,000 people have been killed since the start of the Syrian war in 2011. 5.6 million Syrians have fled their war torn country as refugees, and over 6 million more are displaced within the country.
0: But essentially, I'm first-generation Syrian-American. Both of my parents were born and raised in Aleppo, and the majority of my extended family is either in Aleppo still or displaced in in many different parts of the world. Um, So I'm a product of immigrants from Aleppo, Syria. I was born and raised in Northeast Ohio and um, would visit Syria frequently, usually every year or two for a few months just to see my family. I have a big family about maybe 12 aunts and uncles, 60, 70 different cousins, um, and and we were very close growing up, and it was important to my parents to keep us connected to our heritage. Uh, Aleppo is technically the oldest continuously civilized city in the world. People have been living there for over 5,000 years, and that is a thing that carries a lot of pride. Uh, and its heritage and something that was very important to my parents to keep us connected to and so naturally uh, as, as the war broke out and it began impacting my family in um, different ways we would frequently check in and just kinda see how things, things were going and what we could do to be helpful from afar and things just largely spun out of control um, I've had family deeply impacted by the crisis I've lost uh, a family member a cousin of mine, who was a young young girl, young student in microbiology, studying for her Ph.D., who was just a casualty of the war. Um, family members losing their homes, losing their jobs, and economically, it's just devastated. So, it, a lot of family that has been impacted by this are split apart in, in different places in the world. So, it is certainly an issue that is very near and dear personal.
1: As are most Syrians, Basil's family is Muslim, and during the holy month of Ramadan, Muslims worldwide fast and reflect as one of the five pillars of Islam. So in
0: terms of how we celebrate Ramadan growing up was by really coming together as a family and doing this together, uh, we would make sure you know, we had dinner at the same exact time, every single night, and, and to, to have a conversation, you know, about about... What we were experiencing through fasting, and what it meant to us, and just being introspective—that's ultimately what Ramadan is all about. Um, and in these days, I celebrate in, in a similar way. Um, but, but I mean, people think often of Ramadan as this time where you, where you just get rid of food and drink, and after sunset, and then you gorge yourself. And it's really deeper than that. It's a self cleanse and is to get rid of a lot of these habits and rituals that we build up whether it's depending largely on coffee to get through the day or or you know just eating so much that when we when we miss a meal we feel like we're starving you know and just being able to recalibrate and and to focus on on priorities and to be introspective and slow down and sort of break up these uh, rhythms that we get into that send us down these these rabbit holes that ultimately lead to a lot of these addictions. Um, now, in terms of special foods and, trad- and, and traditions, uh, they range, you know, but we would often, o- almost always, break our fast with a date, which is, uh, I mean, that's in the in the way that the Prophet Muhammad uh, would. Break his fast, so with the sweet touch of of the date, and um followed by that we would always have some kind of soup. So usually like a hearty lentil soup, <laughs> something to, to really come into the meal, like softly but with substance, um, and then it would just al- allow you to prevent overeating because a lot of times you're so hungry you just like want to eat really fast, um, and so but yeah beyond that we'd eat anything uh, under the sun so a lot of times just like tasty grilled meats shoramas and uh, chickpea based meals a lot of beans uh, because beans really sit heavy and burn slowly so they're good for conserving energy and usually kind of just stay away from anything too greasy but every once in a while you get that craving when we activate non-Muslim demographics I guess my ultimate goal is just to create a deeper sense of compassion and understanding um, and just closeness you know i'm I'm an Ohio guy I was born and raised in the Midwest lived there my entire life uh, and I'm deeply connected to this issue that is across the world and it hits home you know I, I could have easily been there any of us could have been we're, we're a country made up of immigrants with these complex histories and so you know it baffles me when we when the, make this issue feel so much further away than it really is. There's so many people in our communities that are personally impacted by the war in Syria and, and wars in other countries. Uh, and, and ultimately, that is why, you know, why we came together in the first place, to create a place of safety and access uh, for, for people who have been impacted by these issues. So, you know, I feel, you know, we, we get a mix, I think, essentially, in, in the, a lot of environments that we, that we perform and engage people in. They're based around a humanitarian message of peace and, and, and just helping children and families to get their lives back on track. So I don't necessarily feel like... Uh, we get a lot of resistance or, or terrible misunderstandings because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm coming in with... I'm playing in a, this American or Western style of music that they're familiar with. I'm coming in with a, with a message of peace and just helping families and people to get their lives back on track. I'm not coming in with a political agenda that necessarily sets up that level of disturbance, um, which I think all the, all the more is why... All the more reason for... for why it's important to, to continue doing the type of work and, and engagements that we do and to get into those types of settings where they're otherwise not even meeting Muslim people at all. But I think it does help to break down those rules. I need something to lay the edge of You blame it on our heart my parents got divorced about 15 years ago or so and I think since then it has been a little bit more of this reality check uh, since a lot of their social circles just changed naturally because of their circumstance it allowed them to really engage with other people in their in their social circles and, uh, and, to, and to create new friendships with people outside of that and it's been uh, it's been a lot more helpful in terms of challenging them now growing up for me and, and my brothers I'm, I'm a one of three sons, I'm the youngest of three. And um, you know, we grew up in a college town in Northeast Ohio, in Kent, Ohio, and we were fortunate to meet people from all walks of life, of all colors and shapes and sizes and religions. And um, you know that was that was a really important piece of, of, of my history. And uh, I think if anything, it's just drawn me closer to my culture over the years and the more that I understand about the history of my people and the history of my parents and especially in the context of the war, uh, it has allowed me to really embrace that sense of diversity and this ability to have a foot in two different worlds and to be able to provide a voice for both, seeing that more as a, as a strength than as some type of restriction or being an outsider, um, being able to really embrace and own that and, and to share that with, with the people that I meet. So that that's how I stay connected to my roots. My family is generally very proud about the music and mission that we're after, uh, I think there was caution for a particularly long time. Just with any of us being uh, me or my brothers, uh, two older brothers, and um, one one is a photographer. I'm the musician, and the other is the doctor, <laughs> which is the more traditional path for for a Syrian. Um, you know, it's very difficult for an artist to to achieve sustainability or success in the Middle East. Uh, through the arts, and I think there was some some caution for sure, and I think in recent years, as my family has seen the type of advocacy work that we do and the impact that it can have uh, to to create a positive force and conversation around our heritage and story the the closer they become to it, and my extended family very much as well, a little more passively, um you know I mean social media is very restricted and in syria these days and it's used as a tool to target people unnecessarily so i think it has a little more caution from like direct engagement but there's a lot of just overall support and pride for uh, what we're doing through the music and overall mission take a look up
1: close
0: tell me what you see. Get louder, louder, louder. I think the answer is, is to read and to be interested and to learn, to, and especially to just meet people, I think is, is absolutely critical. Um, as it relates to Syria, you know, I always, I, again, it's, it is the oldest continuously civilized city in the world there are several UNESCO world heritage sites in Syria. And I think just learning about this rich and beautiful history of of Syria is fascinating. And I think it provides so much context on why it is the way it is today, how this war broke out, the different layers involved. Um, This goes back for for a long time. So I think it's important to to read up and understand these things. And um, I think just yeah. Again, meet, meeting people is is critical, and I think traveling. You know, I, I think just just traveling, experiencing the food, uh, seeing some of these sites, the mountains and the and the seas that exist, and just having that cultural exchange is is always the best way to build compassion and understanding of a different culture. So I really do feel like just through reading and socializing is is the best thing that we can do, and tasting the food. I <laughs> think that is always. Uh, this this beautiful element that brings people together. And something that's so powerful, particularly during Ramadan, uh, since it's so deeply centered around uh, food and tradition. Well, what's powerful about our style of music and art is that, uh, you know, soul and funk music is a traditionally Western style of music that allows us to activate Western spaces where otherwise not a lot of Syrians or Arabs or people, you know, Muslim people in general are necessarily activating um, we sort of come in with with this deeper story and message and, and create safe spaces to ask about different traditions or uh, cultural organizations or charity organizations doing important work around advocacy and humanitarian awareness or whatever it might be. Um, I think we have this powerful access point because we're speaking with audiences who are Compassionate people and just don't know where to start. Um, At some of these events recently, uh, we did we did like a church event outside of Kansas City on the way down to South by Southwest this year, where we collaborated with the Rolling Hills Presbyterian Church to highlight the important work that KC for Refugees is doing in their community. They've single-handedly helped us sustain over thirty-five Syrian refugee families in and around Kansas City. They invited a lot of Syrian refugees to that event. And um, they even pref- uh, the Syrian refugees prepared food at these events. So you came, you had a free concert, there's free Syrian food highlighting the work that Casey for Refugees was doing, and it was in collaboration with uh, Amnesty International, Syria Relief and Development, and um, a couple other charity organizations and social justice organizations that are just doing important work in the community.
1: Check out the show notes for links to Basil and the Supernatural's website, and links to refugee and social justice groups that Basil talks about. If you're enjoying the tunes, the music can also be found on SoundCloud and Spotify.
0: The ultimate goal for Basil Supernaturals, honestly, is just to continue doing the type of work we're doing in a greater capacity. Uh, I'm working on residency programs where we can combine our performance engagements with educational programming and to more frequently do uh, workshops And lectures in addition to our performance and community engagement just essentially bringing people together in spaces where we can not only come together around the arts but to have a deeper conversation about what brought us there and what to do next how to create a positive impact on on the world how to be a positive force for good Um, you know and just be able to do that through music and to be able to embrace my personal identity and story uh through this style of, of music and message for for something greater and to connect with people that is that is the dream you're gonna have to roll it back up through that door just up the cards and be Now, oh, the sun's out a couple things I'd like to share in this one. Um, one is from an engagement we did in the suburbs of Chicago last year where I was just shedding some light on the refugee crisis and talking about that experience that a lot of these refugees have, putting their lives on the line and the lives of their families to, to move somewhere where they can get their lives back on track. And just reiterating for people, what it took for them to to take that leap of faith and how if they had an option to go home, if they had had the tools and resources they need to get their lives back on track, that they would. A lot of the refugees we meet here in the States are very nervous, you know? They're worried that they're disturbing the peace. They don't want people to feel like they're stealing their jobs. A lot of them come here with six or seven children and health conditions, and they're just simply trying to get their lives back on track. And somebody raised their hand at this event, and they were just surprised to hear that and said that, you know, if we reframed the conversation on refugees to talk about what we can do to empower them and to steer the course of their future and get their lives back on track and to help them get home in a peaceful way... Uh, that he, he felt like a lot of people would actually be more connected to this so that was just a powerful moment I didn't realize that was this misconception or misunderstanding until we were in this space together and could have a an effective conversation around it and the other story I'd like to share is uh, just a, a few weeks ago um, and, uh, the trombone player in my group uh, now for the last few years he's fully uh, he's full time at, at a middle school teaching like, the, the band and orchestra and he had reached out several months ago uh, about the spring concert they do where they pick a cause every single year. And this is the seventh year in a row that they did this event, and it's called Band-Aid. And essentially um, they decided to choose a charity organization, kedam Foundation, they've done a lot of work with. It was, their whole mission is centered around building a better future for Syria. And uh, essentially they did the whole spring concert was centered around one of our songs called lost uh, they arranged the song for the middle school and elementary school band orchestra and choir and played our song while i sang on top of it and organized the rest of the program around that message of loss of sense of self and home and peace um and and did a big silent auction essentially raised over sixteen hundred dollars for the charity organization it was just a really powerful experience and and it just kind of shows what 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 we can do when we activate these types of spaces and open up a healthy conversation, uh, creating a personal story uh, around this thing that feels so distant for people.
1: You've been listening to Saturn Returns. Thanks to Basil and the Supernaturals, and thanks to you for listening. If you like what you hear, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or at reginagbeach.com. Click on the link for Saturn Returns. You can also like and comment on the show at Facebook.com slash Returns Podcast. See you next time.